Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And we're here in sunny Minnesota as the sun comes in the it window. It is sunny. And I can't see what it actually looks like outside, so that makes me happy. <laughs> well, no, it's like clear skies. It's yeah, good. It's, this it's is, terrible it's out there. Spring. It's spring. It's terrible. No, it's, terrible. it's, terrible. it's great. It's terrible. You've been working on anything other than your house? I have. So I took the old 911 out for like its first spring voyage. In the salt. Yeah, it would it had rained a lot. This okay. was last week. Oh, I wasn't here last week. Gotcha. Right. It had rained a lot. Like we had clear there was motorcycles out, everyone had their cars out. Everyone was, was happy great. wearing shorts. Yes, it was like shorts weather. It was like springs here early. Yep. And so I had my nine eleven out in this window. We didn't realize it was a window at the time. Then we got three inches of snow and the yeah. salt trucks were back out, which was dumb. But anyways, I had it out and I like it Wait, was, you saw salt trucks? There yeah, were salt trucks. Salt trucks were back out after that. Yes. <sighs> Yep. Right. There's a ton of salt on the road right now. Okay. Yes. So just keep waiting. Yeah. We're supposed to get rain. I don't care. My motor's week. out of my car. What do I have yeah, to give well, a shit? I'm going to drop mine soon. Long story short. Oh. Well, it's fine. In I the think. garbage, right? I think. Yeah. No. So I took the 911 out and it was like just running like a dog. It was not running on all cylinders and it was making the same kind of noises when I'm accelerating. I was like, I've heard this before. Yeah. It's a dead, dead it's, hole. It's no, I was like, it's a, it's a carb fire. It's what I thought. Yeah. And so I like pulled off into a little parking lot and I popped the hood and I, the, what I could realize is you can just feel, you don't have to take the carb hat air filters off. You can just feel like if one's hot, you obviously had a fire. Under right. There. Yeah. So they were cold. And so I limped it back home and it was not a carb fire, which is the good news. The bad news is I don't know what it was because I was frustrated and just said, I don't want to deal with that right now. Did you? Oh, you didn't do anything. You're I just haven't done, done anything. Did you do a compression check? I haven't done that. Did I'm you, hoping it's just like a fouled plug. Like somehow I checked all the spark plug wires. That's as far as I got. And I go, screw this. I'm going to go do drywall. No. Then I, I, the reason I didn't do that is because I replaced the front Olins on the 996 Turbo. And you notice no difference whatsoever. It drives exactly the same. No, it doesn't clunk. It was starting to clunk a oh, little bit okay, and creak, okay. which I was like, oh, this is getting this is Wait, getting well, I want to talk more about your motor being blown up. What it's are we going to do? Blow my, so I had this, okay, I had this conversation with our mutual friend, Colin. He's okay. like, I found cams for you. I found you like PMOs. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't want to go down this road. This engine is never going to be fast. I don't care about sticking a $30,000 engine in this car. Yeah. If I want to go fast, I'll take the other car that's already fast. Yeah, but it's kind so of So I snoozer. just want this thing to run well. Here's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to drop the motor on it because I have to do the synchros and transmission anyways, and that's easier to just drop the whole shebang. I'm going to check the clutch while we're in there, and I'm also going to fix the rear main seal, which I learned is where it's leaking from, and mm -hmm. you can actually replace without splitting the case. Sure. Yeah. Why would you split the case? I don't know. I thought it was some sort of weird internal seal. That's why no, I didn't it's just want to a regular that. main seal. You know why? It's because that's what that shop years ago told me. I was like, well, you need a rebuild engine. It's leaking. Remember oh, that really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I'm I'm actually like feeling pretty good. I'm just gonna get the leak field or fixed, which will be good for morale. I think you need to just check the compression first. I will check the compression first. Yes. Good call. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. Yeah, you're right. I'll check compression. So what are you going to do if, if you don't have good, compression? I don't know. I'm going to sell it to you. I don't want your 2.2T <laughs> motor. I don't want to think about that, Chris. Well, it's going to be it. fine. What do you want to do? It's going to be fine. What if it's not? What are you going to do? What do you want? Come on. We're, we're fucking bench racing right now. What are you going to do? I What's guess I would probably, because the simplest would just be to do P's and C's. Pistons and cylinders. Don't split the case. Don't go into it. Yep. I just drop the engine, do pistons, cylinders, 
maybe cams then as well. Put it back together. I'd have to get carbs. This is adding up already. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm like, like, well, like, why wouldn't I just grand, do three grand, five grand? And at that point, why wouldn't you just go with something other than a mag case? And I don't know, and have an actual counterbalance crank because the 2.2T did not have a counterbalance crank. Is that one of the reasons why they keep the rev limit down? Yeah. Okay. Well, but it's, in, yeah, yes, long story short. That's, I'm, I feel bad for you, but I've been there. But it does rev quicker because it's not counterbalanced, so there's less inertia. Yeah. So some guys are like, yeah. If yeah, you just keep great. it as like a little stock thing, they like how quickly it reps. Oh, so that's their, that's the, that's, that's, that's what thing. you tell yourself. Right. <laughs> right. To remain happy. Do you have more fun driving my car or that 996 Turbo? Um, I drive the 996 Turbo more often, so I enjoy it more. That doesn't make any sense. Just be the frequency? Sure. I your car. If I had your car in the garage, I'd be like, "Well, I'm not going to daily drive the thing." Why? I don't know. Why not? Seems like you shouldn't. Why? Oh, I don't know. Why? There's, what's your reason? So you're just there? saying I should like sell both of these and get a really good motor and oh. like put my. Well, what you, what he should have done is bought a GT3 in the first place, which is a much okay. closer situation of my car than a 996 Turbo is. A 996 GT3 is a much. Yeah, I would never drive the GT3 in the winter though. No, I suppose that's probably true. And like we've said, you should not be driving the 996 oh, Turbo in the winter it's either. Fine. Well, what else has been going on? Anything? Um, I almost was. Oh, yeah. So I did the Olins in that. Yep. And it's fine. I need to tweak the ride height and get it aligned again. Sure. Because I took the whole front situation out. But that's fine. I don't know. Not much to say about that. I almost wasn't here today, though. Because I was almost in Colorado picking up another car. Oh, I see. Just what you need in your well, three-car garage is six it cars. wasn't, yes, it wasn't for me. It was, so we. When do you get to buy something for you? It's like everything, like everything. You you've, everything you've, you've brought the, the S3, you bought the 996 Turbo, right? and you keep buying cars oh, for well, your wife. I'm going to complain about these cars? No, what? I suppose oh, not. Oh, a lot of these are terrible. <laughs> oh, these are terrible to, choices. And to be honest, I see you driving the 996 Turbo more than I see anybody else the, driving it. Yes. The reason I'm driving it today, though, is because it still needs alignment. Sure. And it's fine to drive. It's not right. like that far off, but I didn't know how far off it was going to be. Right. When you so what's this car you were going to go get? Um, the exact twin to our RS4. That popped up for sale in Colorado. Same color, same spec, same options list, everything with 50,000 miles on it. And remember, we purchased that car from Nikki's dad, who right. bought it originally. And so her dad calls me the other day. He sends me this link. He's like, hey, this just went... Came up for sale, and I'm kind of interested because I miss that car. I really right. like that car. That was one of his favorite cars he ever owned. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll kind of facilitate trying to talk through the dealership and everything else because the prior story is he found another one for cheaper, and it was a total scam. Oh, okay. And well, there's not very many of those out there, exactly. so that's not surprising. Um, so here's what the takeaway of this whole situation is. Are these scammers going to jail? No, of course not. Like, what are we? What is the? What are we doing out there in the world? To well, you know what the scam is. Let me explain the scam to you. Okay, it's rare car priced too cheap to be tr like too good to be true. Right, but still these, these expensive guys, enough. No, usually it's almost too good to be true. Or you it know, usually is, but I think they're learning. I think they're. I well, think it doesn't it matter because here's what it is. It's maybe it's lost in the exchange rate from Nigerian money to no, American. No, that's dollars. not even what it is because they don't care about getting the full amount they're asking for. All they want is the deposit you're going to send them because you want it so bad and it's such a good deal that you're going to send them a thousand dollars to hold the car until you get there and, and then, then they ghost and then they're gone and they can do that over and over and over and over. 
It was it PayPal? That's all Where it is. They, where's the money go? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you just set up a PayPal account, ghost it. How Boom, is this not traceable? There's, there's, these, I don't know. These people need to be lashed at least. I know it's terrible because you get your hopes up. You're like, yeah. But it's anyways, awful. this was not a scam. This was a car at a dealership, and I talked to the owner of the dealership after the sales guy didn't know anything. And here's what's terrible. Bring a trailer is terrible, Chris. Oh no! What happened? So does he have a car for sale? And then he's telling people it's on Bring a Trailer. No. Okay. It's he saw a car on Bring a oh, Trailer. Of course he did. But yes. here's what's worse about this: he this car. So what's great about a dealer listed car? If they have the VIN, you can Google the VIN on something rare like this. It was on Bring a Trailer three different times. This car? Yes. This exact car was sold on Bring a Th- Trailer three different times. Once in 2017. For how much? $30,500. Okay. It sold again in 2019 on Brigitte Trailer for $33,000. Not a good return. I mean, that's not a very eh. good return on your investment. Well, you drove it for two years and you made three grand. How's right. that bad? That's not a very good. Think of what else you could do with 30 grand to make $3,000. I'm just thinking, if what, what are we doing here? I just, I see bring a trailer as like this, some sort of tax shelter money laundering scam. <laughs> no, so. but here's the problem. So then the dealer bought it in 20, in like early 2000, 2000, 2020, last year. He bought it last year for like 35 and then he listed it for sale. He bought it to drive it himself basically as a personal car. And then he listed it for sale for 43. I see. And so I didn't. I haven't been looking at the market at all. So when I got sent this link, I was like, okay, we'll talk to him about it. And then after I Googled it, I was like, look, man, I know you paid 35 last year. (laughs) Right. But that doesn't matter. Inflation's not real, Jake. Exactly. And so I was like, you know, and my father-in-law was like willing to work. He's like, yeah, I can afford it. I want it. So we'll meet in the middle. And the guy's like, I'm not selling this for less than 43,000. Wow. Well, Did you see the black one that just sold on Bring a Trailer? Oh, how much was the black one? Well, that one sold for 40000 and oh. it was black. So obviously the yellow one. I would think that the yellow one is worth less money. No, it's all about rarity. It's stupid. But it's just super frustrating because it's like how anything you see out there, and I know exactly what the car was paid for. I know yeah, what yeah. everything else is going for. It's just... I think what I'm more frustrated about, this guy listed it on his own dealership as his, I don't really want to get rid of it price. Yep. But if someone gives me, you know, whatever that was, $12,000 over what I paid for it, sure. I mean, you can't really blame him for that, I guess. But the problem no. is, is that the unrealistic expectations yes, coming from the money laundering scam will bring a trailer. <laughs> is, I, can't, I can't figure it out. I can't, I can't figure it out. I, I feel like it's some guy is has X car and he's selling it to like a proxy for however many millions of dollars. And then he just gives the guy a bag full of cash. Well, how would it, where, where's the money then? That doesn't make any sense. No, what it is. No, the guy is giving the, the buyer who is, is a shill. Yeah. He's giving him bags full of money. He's like, okay, here's $20,000 in right. cash. Now you pay me. Okay. And then the guy has that income because he sold a hard asset to guy that, what don't you understand? That's just about- selling. That's normal. That's-, that's a normal transaction, Chris, that you're no, describing. It's n- you don't understand. <laughs> okay, I'm the guy selling the car. Uh-huh. Okay, I've got an X car. Yes. All right. It's- you have possession of this car. Yes, I am selling it on Bring a Trailer. Right. I take my own money. Yes. I put it in a duffel bag. Uh-huh. I give it to this guy over here and yes. said, here's t- the car's 20. 20- I want you to bid it up to $20,000. Right. You make sure that you win. I'll give you whatever money you need when you win. Right. You get to keep... Three to five percent of it, right? And then you pay me my money back. 
How is that making money then? Because you're not making money. You're laundering money from all the prostitutes that you have that work for you. You never said money laundering operation. I said money laundering like 60 times. You didn't say money laundering. Okay, I see what you mean now. I said it's a money laundering scam like 10 times. Yeah, but you still have to pay 5% to bring a trailer. Who cares? It doesn't matter. This is like illegal money. I I got you now. I don't think that's... No, what all it, the what, time, but I, it just makes me feel like it's that way what because it it's is, so freaking ridiculous. Is it's these guys who have money or my father-in-law who said, you know, I really miss that exact car and you can find that exact car and you just say, I'm willing to buy it. I'm willing to pay that exorbitant amount just because I want it. And there's so many of these guys out there that can afford to do that, that that's what it ends up as. The problem is, like you said, it's now setting up this false expectation. Dude, there's so much money out there right now. It's absolutely incredible 40 percent of all the dollars that have ever existed ever Mm -hmm. in the history of the united states 40 percent of them Mm -hmm. have been printed in the last year really there is so much easy liquid money out there right now that people are do you know what an nft is no it's a it's called a non-fungible token okay okay so what that is is you think of as think of it as like a serial number on a thing okay right so you have or in a, in a car's case, it's the VIN number. Okay. So these, but these are digital assets, right? right? So they use the blockchain of cryptocurrency, right? And it basically has what you would think of as a serial number, just to boil it down. So that digital file, whether it's art or a photo or whatever, or even a tweet, mm-hmm. like the guy who founded Twitter sold his tweet for millions of dollars, sold his tweet. He attached an NFT to his tweet, and now the other guy owns that tweet. That's his. What? He owns it. Yes. And they have digital uh, digital images that are created by this guy called Beeple. And you can Google it if you want while you're sitting this there. This makes no sense, Beeple. Chris. I'm just telling you what's going on, okay? And it's just like pictures that are all put together in a mosaic, and it's sold for millions of dollars. Why? Millions of dollars. Because people have too much bloody, bloody money. money. <laughs> right? And it just doesn't... There's so well, much. Why am I still working? What the hell? I don't know because you didn't scam the government and no. get like there was people double dipping the PPP loans. Oh, and, I'm sure. And uh, the banks are on the hook for it, not the taxpayer. The banks are on the hook for it because they somehow screwed up. There's there's so much fraud and money out there. It's they don't call it helicopter money for no reason. I've never heard that term. It it what you'd never heard of helicopter money? No. It's I've basically heard of helicopter parenting. It's basically the 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 capital building takes off with helicopter wings or helicopter rotors, <laughs> okay. flies over the United States and starts just chucking money out. Uh-huh. Right? That's what, what we just got a new another 2 trillion dollars the other day. None has landed in my lawn, Chris. That's cuz you pay taxes. Zero. It's cuz you pay a lot of taxes. But if you had a business, uh-huh. you could have gotten a PPP loan, right? which you could have had forgiven or written off. It's right. just just basically That's, yeah. It's just tons of just ridiculous amounts of just free money. So, of course, there's people out there being like, well, yeah, I'll just, I'll just do that. I, I recently put uh, $5,000 in a GME stock, and I'm a millionaire now, so I can buy the $43,000. I mean, nothing makes any sense right now in the yeah. financial world. Hard assets are worth a lot of money. The value of my car has gone up a ton. Really? There are cars, like versions of my car. I don't know. They're not. This is asking for prices, right? Right. So what people are, are they on bring a trailer, Chris? Uh, <laughs> there was one that was for sale on like Hemmings or some website, yeah. but it was a 1972 911 T yeah. yellow yep. motor was not as good as mine. Right. Not as fast. It had a nicer interior. Okay. Nicer interior, probably a little bit better body work. Okay. It's $150,000. Wow. For a 1972 911 T hot rod. 
Yeah. That is it's a, not original. That not is numbers absurd. matching. That's absurd. There's crazy amounts of cars going for crazy money. It does not surprise me that that car has gone up in value $10,000. You may not think that's fair, but it's probably not too that far off considering the inflation that is existing in the in the collector cool car world. Plus, you know what's you have, sad? That is nowhere near what I got from insurance when ours got totaled. Well, that that's the brakes, that's how it goes. You've seen a surge in the in the value of things that are cool yeah. with the, in the car world in the last probably five years. Like a huge surge, like a exponential parabolic surge. Look at, I've been looking at cars over the last few days. Yeah. There's a rabbit that I'd like to buy. It's three. It's over $3,500 for a, a 1.5 diesel rabbit. Right. Yeah. What? The, that car was $500 <laughs> 10 years ago. So, right. It's not even the rare, expensive, really it's aspirational everything. cars. It's, it's everything. everything. And if people are having this as all these, and this is goes for all things, okay. all tangible things, record players, uh, tube, tube stereos, speakers, vinyl, watches, right. all these things that are kind of becoming more unique and specialized and tech uh Tech divergent, I guess is how you sure. would call it, are becoming analog. analog. Yeah, that's probably the better the word. The better word and it's tech divergent. I think tech <laughs> divergent could could analog could mean a bunch of different things, but right. tech divergent means it's just not dependent on like when you look at like things that are Tesla's doing and Apple and all this stuff. People want to use those things, yeah. but they also have money that they want to spend on things that make them feel special. Because you have you spend a thousand dollars on an iPhone, you don't feel it special. is not warm. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not, it's not special. It doesn't, right. you know, when you hold, uh, or when you hold a magazine in your hand, triple zero is a good example of this. That's true. People are paying $250 a year or a thousand dollars a year interesting? on a subscription to a magazine that, I mean, holy, that's a lot of money, but it's other really- magazines are going that way too. Not to take a huge tangent, but yeah. like Road and Track, I think it was, they just decided they're going to a periodical and it's about as thick as triple zero now. They have to, they, they have to, they're cashing in on the, the, tech divergence of what people want. They want to feel things, touch things, experience things. And yeah. people are all about experiences right now. And you're not getting it from this. And you're no. not, the only experience you're getting in a Tesla is being smug. I mean, that's the only, <laughs> you know, what, what else are you getting for driving one of those? Oh my God. I read on Facebook today that instead of um, like having to repossess cars, like someone had a Tesla to make payments on, it's the repo man. Tesla will contact the repo man and say, here's the car, we can locate it via GPS, where he locked the doors and locked the owner out of it, because they didn't make payments, and we'll back it out of the parking spot for you so you can hook up the tow truck. That's fine with me. <laughs> That's fine with me. That's the problem with when you get a loan for something, you see guys out there on, on Instagram, check out my new car. I'm like, oh, check out the bank's new car. This is basically yeah. the way you think about it. And it, hey, if you're not making your payments. That's that's fine with me. That's the danger of that. Anyway, anything else this going on? This has been finance with Chris Clue. <laughs> yeah, well, don't listen to me with financial advice. That, that's for sure. Uh, before I got into what's going on with me, I just re- remind everybody that the news episodes are brought to you by our Patreons. Our Patreon subscribers and members, that's right. For as little as $5 a month, head over to patreon.com slash overcrest and you too can become a member. There's also different tiers. For $10 a month, you get some extra access and things. And we're also, this week, you know, I ordered 
um, enough boxes that I think the United States Postal Service is wondering why I ordered so many boxes and didn't Did give they me the come? boxes. They have not come. Mm. All I have like 150 boxes coming to my house, and they must be like, mm, this, maybe this guy's not serious, so I got to figure it out. But we're sending something to every single Patreon. And yes, if you are out of the country, we are sending it to you as well because we have a lot of international members and stuff like That's that. Right. They're, they're, oh, am I still going to get this? Because nobody likes to ship internationally. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to pay the shipping, and you're going to get your stuff just like awesome. everybody else. So we're going to start doing some more of that, you know, every few months just to keep, you know, because a lot of people have been Patreons for three years. They've been right. Patreon members, seeing all the exclusive content and being awesome and everything else. So patreon.com slash overcrest, 5, 10, 25 bucks a month, whatever you want to do. We appreciate all of you very much. Absolutely. All right, should we get into some news? Uh, I would like to talk about some stuff that's been going on with oh, me. well, you can do that, I guess. Yeah, so I am. I want to buy a car. I'm done with the Golf. Right. You know, because it's, it's almost summer. So now you want to buy another Golf. Uh, An older, slower Golf. I want to buy... <laughs> so here's the thing. I've been looking at... I, my mind is open. Okay. okay. My mind is completely open. I, I had a couple of people send me uh, old domestic stuff. Ooh. And I'm into it. Yeah. But here's the thing. Is domestic cars either have to be big or fast. They can't mm. be kind of okay power-wise and then be small. Right. It's just they have to be big or fast or both. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? You can't like you I, can't I buy, you can't have a Dodge Dart with an inline 6. I nah, had a Dodge Dart with an inline 6. I don't want that. I don't want some middling thing. It's just got to be all or nothing with that stuff. And so nobody sent me anything like that. Um a lot of people want me to get a Suzuki Jimny or a geo yeah. or a, what is the little geo tracker yep. which i don't want a geo tracker but i would drive a jimny those seem <laughs> cool these are so tippy it's just like they're like two feet wide i know and well, super tall for some reason might as well just have two wheels right next to yes. each other it's, it's ridiculous um i've been looking at old mercedes stuff of course but i don't have my mindset on anything although i did Boring. go look at a car this morning right and it's a 1978 rabbit diesel so a mark one wh- rabbit yep white with a brown interior four speed has almost 400,000 miles on it, wow. from what I can tell. And they all have rabbit diesels. It's just they these just, little diesels. They just run forever. Going. It's what they do. And I got a hold of the owner. I said, I'm interested. He says, well, I'm not home right now, but you can come look at it. Oh, it's sitting out. It's sitting outside. So I took the basically 45-minute drive down to this guy's house, pulled his driveway, looked at it. It's got some issues. I look at the thing. I go, wow, I could have bought this car for $62. Uh, like 10 years ago, <laughs> nobody wanted these things, but that's the reality of it. Like I yeah. said, with the Audi, you know, this thing has gone up, uh, 300% <laughs> yeah, exactly. in values. And so that's good for whoever's flipping that stuff. Uh, but it's from Seattle. So it's not super rusty. It does okay. have a little rust on the rear apron. Like this is a two door, two door, which I like. Yep. And brown interiors. The seats are kind of cracked, but the dash is nice. Okay. The, the rear apron is rusty. Okay. That doesn't whole- seem like a huge deal. Cause that's a, that's a different Piece, it's right? wait no uh, no mm, it's right where the seam is is oh. where they rust not a big deal it's where nobody can see it I could fix it I'll figure it out okay and they sell that part I think too right. and I think being way down there I would feel comfortable just like grinding it down and tacking a new piece in and just right. painting it whatever who cares um, the rust has got you know whatever surface rust cars have just like a little bit of you know orangish stuff on the bottom it looks kind of cool it's a white car a little bit of surface it's got rust. a little patina a little to patina it. to it um, not shiny looks like it's probably original paint I call the guy up I'm like you know what I'm super interested. Let's figure something out. Yep. He goes, cool. I've got someone else coming to look at it tomorrow. I'll let you know. And I just, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm, I'll, I'll buy the car. Yeah. What do we, what? I gave him my word. I'm like, well, then you should have told me that. So before- he's saying he gave his other guy the word, his word that he can 
buy the car or, have, or have make first, an offer or come look at it and like i don't understand like well, i don't should have told you that then should have told me before i drove all the way over if there that's true then that's a sale pending right it's, it's a sale but did he give you a deposit yes no the way that it should work here's how it works okay i have a car for sale it's i mean it's sad that you would have to think to be like well, do you have anyone else interested? Is there any other contingent offer? He's he, pending. He should have said, hey, someone else might be looking at it tomorrow. Right. But if you'd like, it's in my driveway. That's what he should have said. It. You're right. But totally didn't say any of that. I feel like I'm being used to uh, encourage the other guy to buy the car. Oh, well, is what it feels part, like. Well, part of in back of my mind was maybe he doesn't have another guy and he's telling you that so that you just say, I'll pay asking. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And I would pay asking. I don't care. I'll just. Five hundred dollars. Well, here. then his ploy worked if that's what it was. But I, I said, I told him that. He said, "Sorry, I can't." So mm. that was that's not, that's not frustrating. The so I'm waiting, I guess, and it makes me like not want the car anymore. Right. I just go find something else. There's a, a URS four yeah. for sale in New York with yeah, love all those. kinds of like maintenance done. It's that 50, looks pretty solid. Fifty two hundred bucks. It's in Syracuse. I, now that everybody's someone's probably gonna go buy it. Now that I, <laughs> um, I like that thing. There's a Audi S eight. In Salt Lake City, no. pearl white. No. Yeah. What? Why not? It's just big. It's like a what is that? A D two? It's a like D two. Two thousand one. Yeah. And what's wrong with that? And they have yeah, issues. Big. What do you I mean they know. have issues? That V eight is dead reliable. No, I don't know. I don't like those. You don't like those? There's something about it. I just don't like those. Why That's not? more Mercedes than Audi. That's what it is. That's what are you just talking a Mercedes. About? I don't know. It's a big. It's an estate car. Yes, that's the point. That is it's an it's an estate, estate car, car with like three hundred horsepower. That's yeah, what's that's awesome about nothing. it. Plus, they're, there's, they're aluminum. They're aluminum fenders and doors mm-hmm. and stuff. That's rad. Yeah. There's a, a B7 RS4 for sale in Colorado. Yeah. I can honestly tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The car doesn't do that much for me. I don't know why. I would rather have this S8. Well, I suppose for the money. Yeah. For the money. Yeah, yeah, of course. But even if I had 35 or what does he want? $45,000 to spend on a car? Yeah. I can think of a lot more things than I would get in so I'm, I'm sure you can would, too. too. Like yeah. I would get, I'd rather have an E39 M5. Sure. You know, just why not? Why not? Or I'd, I'd rather have a V8. I'd just buy a couple cars, I think. Yeah, why not? I mean, even an E39 M5 is 15 to 17 now. Right. You could have one of those, plus go to brunch for a year. That's a lot of brunch. <laughs> a lot of brunch. I like All right, it. Let's get into a little bit of news. We're starting with a sad one here. I like my job, driving all day on the launch life with the ring taxi. It's really fun to scare people. They, they love to get scared, so they pay me for that. But it's a good job. <laughs> I do what I want to do. And uh, that, of course, is Sabine Schmitz. She passed away at 51 with a seemingly fairly long and embattled experience with cancer that's too bad yeah it's the, too the bad queen of the ring yeah when you think of 51 years old you just go man there's a lot of time left there yeah it's there's a lot of time she was born and raised at the nurburgring did you know that i did not in, a, in, in a town called nurburg and i yep. think it's really close to aid now okay it's right you can actually when you're so the nurburgring is a public road right technically a public road it's a it does, toll road it's a right? toll road it's just a loop you just drive on it yeah but there's also all these entry points and exit points to these little towns. There's like a gate that just opens up. So and you, can just, you could just take it as your shortcut. You probably, I don't know. You think you could. There's like little <laughs> do not enter signs oh, and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. So and it's, it's not just like, like a little sliding gate. Yeah. It's just probably for emergency vehicles or whatever. Gotcha. But it's like these little town roads just go right up to this gate. And wow. there's like a little like Bavarian looking hotel right there. Yep. And then the Nürburgring is right there. Wow. It's right there. It's, it's such a cool area. Tons of elevation change. So beautiful. Highly recommend everybody before it's too late. 
go visit the Nürburgring. Go drive on it. It's very easy. You know, obviously, honestly, I would have said taking the ring taxi, but I don't know that I would do that anymore. It might just end up being disappointing. She is the uh, the youngest and only woman in racing history to win the 24-hour race at the Nürburgring, and she did that twice. She won over wow. 45 races on the Nürburgring with BMW. According to her own estimates, she went around the track more than 20,000 times, increasing by 1,200 <laughs> per year, earning her name Queen of the Ring. She said her favorite part of the track was the Swedish Cross. And uh, you know what the Swedish Cross is? I don't. I didn't either. So I had to look. And it's the place where everybody crashes. When you go oh, watch the Nürburgring fan yeah. compilations, yeah. It, it's those. Um, she, like I said, she'd been battling cancer for quite some time. And with a heavy heart, we all know that is one that she did not win. My name is Sabine Schmitz. And the people call me the queen of the ring or the fastest taxi driver in the world. You know, for me, it's like the way to school every morning. I never had to learn the track. It's, I don't know, it's in my blood. <laughs> and I, I met her while I was there. I, yeah, you posted a photo. Yeah, I met her. She was very sweet. Um, I remember she asked me my name. She's like, what's your name? I said, Chris. She said, all right, Chris, let's do this. And she, <laughs> we put her arm around each other, and my friend Matthew was there. And my buddy Dave, she asked Dave, hey, do you want to be in the picture? And he said, no, no, that's okay. And then this was shortly after she had, this is a long time ago. This is around the time when she was driving around the Nürburgring in the van right. on Top Gear. This is many, many years ago. So she was super famous at that point. Wow. And I think her fame kind of went up and down sure. based on how many times she was on Top Gear. And she, <laughs> when you watched her and she had a lot of stuff she did with Tiff Needell. Okay. And she was always really, really cheerful. And yeah. I remember when I met her, she was, how many people, I felt like I was the only person that asked to be, have a picture taken with her that day. Really? You know, yeah. She was just genuine and awesome. And just, That's awesome. yeah, let's, yes. What's your name? Oh, great. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I take a picture. Yeah. And I just, the smile on my face, her the smile on her face in the picture is a hundred percent genuine. That's awesome. And she was, she seemed like a very sunny person. Yeah. And I wish I would have done a lap with her. That would have been something that would have been great to look back on and, um, rest in peace to Sabine. Move along to some other news. Ford said the global semiconductor shortage is prompting it to partially build F-150s and Edge models and then hold them for a, quote, number of weeks until they can be completed and shipped. So the affected vehicles number in the thousands, a spokeswoman said. Ford is also idling down a couple of their plants, one in Kentucky and one over in Cologne, Germany. So did you also hear they're shutting down one in Ohio? They're like, there's a number of they're manufacturers. Shutting, they're, well, they're moving the plant to Mexico. Oh, wow. So they're taking all of the, they had $900 million worth of work to do there. Oh. And they just said, due to changing conditions, we're out. We're going to Mexico. Wow. So we're sending a huge plant to Mexico and giving Mexico a ton of jobs. Right. And then, <laughs> ironically, everybody's at the border trying to get in here. Yeah. I, it, I know. The juxtaposition there just is yeah, mind blowing to right. me. It <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Well, so you may have heard of this whole computer chip shortage, but what, what really caused it? What's going on? Well, it turns out it's kind of a perfect storm of factors here. When the pandemic started shutting down parts of the global economy last year, auto companies thought, well, we're going to cut back on production in order fewer of these chips needed to make the cars. They're thinking, right, well, everybody the economy is shutting back. down. Yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. going to close down production, not order as many supplies in our supply chain. However, at the same time, everyone's stuck at home 
millions of people, they either bought a new computer or they spent money on game consoles. Apparently right. game console souls Sales, sales just soared because yeah. everyone's stuck at home. I they bought, a, I bought a graphics card to mine Ethereum, like cryptocurrency. Yeah. And I paid retail for it, which was $2,000. Okay. But now they're selling for like $3,800. Wow. Because I can I can make $300 a month just mining coins. Just like can the you? Still you can? 100%. And it's really? more, the higher Ethereum goes, the more I'm making. Really? Yeah. Yeah. My wife's computer is going too. And together we're at about $580 a month. Huh. And the office. I was is gonna warm. do that, and then I was like, eh, "It's not worth. Like, it's gonna just tank." Yeah, you're telling me I should that's have done what, that. That's what everybody else thought too, and they were wrong. Yes, and I was right. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, for once. Um, so, along with all these computer manufacturers making and taking all these chips, 5G also became a thing, wireless, yep. and apparently that requires more chips inside all the 5G compatible devices. So electronics companies started buying up more chips to meet the demand, and basically auto companies are left trying to fill this shortage that they said we're not gonna buy as many. And it's not like there was an abundance of these chips out there on the market. Right. So there's only as much production as was needed. Well, production of the vehicles went down, production of the councils went up, so now there's a shortage now that they're back to building cars. Just wait till the same exact thing happens with batteries in about five years. Ooh, you're right. So here's the problem though, you can't just spin up another chip assembly line. The factories that make these things are basically what you think you see in the movies, where they're hermetically sealed, everyone has the white suits and gloves right. on, and they cost billions of dollars to set up. Specks of dust, temperature spikes, and static electricity all damage semiconductors during development. So that's why it needs to be this super specialized development process. It'll supposedly take up to months or years before any more of these assembly facilities can be set up to meet increased production. There's, they're trying to get Biden to subsidize making or the Biden administration is subsidized building a plant here. So that's I, the other problem is a lot of them are coming from China. Of course, everything you just talked about comes from China. Right. The, the biggest 5G manufacturer is Huawei, Huawei or whatever right. their name is. Yes. It's, and they're, well, and it's not like, oh, well, maybe we're building the chips here, then sending them to China for assembly or something. No, the, everything is built over there. Politics aside, I don't think Trump was too far off when he was talking about China all the time. It's, I mean, everything is there. Your Advil is made there. Bio, ph pharmaceuticals are made there. Everything's made there. All the rare earth metals that go into these semiconductors and all the, the technology and all this stuff that we have, it's all in China. All of it. Hmm. Every bit of it. All of it. Hmm. 100%. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely terrifying. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. So I've got into a little bit of a argument with Fetter today. Okay. And uh, <laughs> click on the link there on, on the thing and tell me what you see. Okay. Yeah, it is, it is an SUV. Yeah. But, but read me the title of the article. First drive review. 2020 Porsche Macan GTS excites like the hot hatch it is. It's not a hot hatch. Oh, I have one of these. It is in it is a crossover. It is an SUV. It is an SUV. It I is would not SUV. call it a hot hatch. It is hatch. not a hot hatch. No. It is an $80,000 crossover. That's yeah. what it is and I I'm going to resist. He's I talked to Peter. He's like, yeah, it is. It's a it's a hot hatch. No, it's, it's not. What it's it is. Too it is big not a hot hatch. hatchback. Words matter. The definition of things matter. It is. Well, it's just a lifted hot hatch. Well, that makes it not a hot hatch anymore right. because hot hatches are not. I lifted. would say it's way too big. You think of a hot hatch, you think of like a Focus uh, ST or a Fiesta ST. Well, even a Focus is getting pretty big. It's nowhere near the, the size of my Macan. Your Macan's pretty small in the SUV world. It is. Yeah, yeah I so like the size of it a lot. It, but it's not a hot hatch. It's I would, not. yeah. Elizabeth Warren and AOC hate you, 
hate, I mean, hate your car. Oh, they, they hate your car. Okay. Uh, progressives in the House and Senate plan to set down a marker Thursday for President Joe Biden's infrastructure plans, mm-hmm. including $500 billion, which does, I mean, it's just a billion dollars. It's, it's $500 just billion. A drop in the bucket. A proposal to shift U.S. transportation away from fossil fuels. Okay. Um, I think they want to spend $10 trillion on infrastructure over the next 10 years. I read that. That's a, what, that's a lot of roads that's and bridges. That's a lot of money. That's a I, lot of like money. What, where's that going towards? I haven't looked into it that much. Senator Elizabeth Warren and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, known as AOC, are two proponents of the Green New Deal, which is said to cost... 50 to 90 trillion dollars are behind the bill joined by senator edward markey of massachusetts and rep representative andy levin of michigan their plan aims to accelerate the process of making the u.s carbon neutral by 2050 which i'll be i'll be 80 so that's whatever a gold biden campaign (laughs) by putting the money in the hands actually i want to be 80 driving my 911 where i'm not supposed to yeah so you're you're all about this actually now that you think about it it makes a rebel out of me um they're putting the money in the hands of state local and tribal you're gonna be you're gonna be set up in some nursing home where the keys are locked away (laughs) or that car is long gone they're putting the money in the hands of state local and tribal governments right because Okay, or transit authorities to make sweeping investments in public transit systems. Hmm. The climate crisis is an existential threat to our planet, Warren said. Okay, the problem is China isn't on board. (laughs) Yes, but it's also a once in a generation opportunity to rebuild our crumbling infrastructure. Do you notice that our infrastructure is crumbling? Well, only from our plow trucks. I mean, I don't think it's going to cost 50 trillion to fix that. I just, I never, everybody's always talking about crumbling infrastructure. Since I've been paying attention to politics and the government, the infrastructure's always crumbling. Everything's, I'm just waiting for buildings to start tipping over and falling down. Well, Um, they're going to create a million good new jobs, not just new jobs, good new jobs, and unleash the best of American innovation. Meanwhile, in China, because government is good at innovating. (laughs) Meanwhile, in China, they don't give a fuck, won't commit to anything, and have over twice our emissions. Right. Over twice. Over twice. And they say, by 2030, we'll think about coming up with a plan. That's their plan. Really? That's the official statement is, by 2030, we'll think about having a plan. And the problem is carbon emissions are a global thing. It's not localized. It's not like, well, that's, who cares? That's over there. We'll do our thing. But if they're really worried about climate change on a global climate level, then it's all for naught. Meeting Biden's net zero pledge will require electrifying much of the economy, including, of course, as much transportation infrastructure as possible. And they're really going to go after shipping and bunker fuel, which is a huge contributor. It is a huge contributor. Oh, that's not actually in the article. No. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Remember how we did the math and how many cars can be offset by a single shipping ship? Every single one of these people that's like, yeah, this bill is great, is probably picking up an Amazon package out of their mailbox from China right now. (laughs) Currently, this sector of the economy accounts for roughly 30% of the country's annual carbon emissions. Public transit holds a special place in climate activists' hearts because it maximizes people's movement to where the government thinks they should go, reduces (laughs) congestion so people who can afford to be free can move around more easily and creates absolute reliance on the government for transportation. Also eliminates personal freedom. I think you put all that in there. Of course it does. So what they're going to do is they're going to relieve congestion, except for the people. 
for all the people that can still afford to drive a car. So it's going to be really great if you have a ton of money and can afford to drive a, drive a car. Otherwise, just, just get on this bus. Just get on this bus. You're going to kind of be trapped where you live. You're going to be kind of quagmired in your, in your precinct, which maybe is depressed and hasn't been gentrified yet by people. Okay, I'm trying to be careful. I'm trying to be a little bit careful. But these people are trapped here. When you are only allowed to use public transportation, you are then, you're, you're trapped where you live. Yeah. You're not taking a bus 30, 40 miles to get a job in, I'm going to use a little bit of Minnesota geography right now. Okay. You're not leaving Minneapolis right. to go to uh, Burnsville right. on a bus. You're who, wants not to, to, who wants to go to Burnsville? If there's a job there and you want to get a job there to pay for your family, yeah, great. So how are you, if you have a family, how are you going to take a bus somewhere and then have your kids get, pick your kids up from school and go grocery shopping well, and do Chris, all the things you need If you need, you need a car, there's ride sharing services. That's still not an option. Why not? I, the number one upward mobility thing for a person is is a car. It's the ability to travel where you want to go, when you want to go, get a job where you want to get it, so you can be a contributing member of society, not somebody that's going to be shoved on a bus to suffer. Nobody wants to ride the bus. Riding the bus sucks. Riding the train sucks. It's By the way, Amtrak, yeah. which is always failing, terrible business, got a ton of money, just got billions of dollars in this in this bailout. They're just, a private company, right? Yeah, of course. This bill, or did I, uh, oh yeah, my last sentence there, suck it up, you lower class citizen, you'll do this for the good of the economy, <laughs> or the, uh, e the ecosystem, right? You're going to ride that bus because we need to do this. We all need to do our part, right? Do your part is kind of the thing that's going on. Don't do your part for yourself, which is probably get a job where you want to get a job, own a car, have freedom of travel. No, do your part, get on this bus. <laughs> this bill, the Build Green Infrastructure and Jobs Act, works double time by updating and greening public transportation at the same time. Don't worry, man. I know riding this bus sucks, but it's a zero emissions bus. Does that is that going to make any of these people feel better? No, no, they're trapped in their, in their place, which is probably a city that got ruined by um, redlining back in the 70s and 80s and got redistricted and had a freeway run through it and their entire community got destroyed. But don't worry, we've got a bus for you that doesn't destroy the environment. <laughs> so what's, what's the answer? Like, how do you prop up the economy again? You and don't. You don't. You don't. You, guess what? What? Life sucks sometimes, right? What are you supposed to do? What does this have to do with the economy anyway? Well, that's the whole point of doing a stimulus bill. This isn't stimulus stuff. This stuff was going to happen no matter what. This is the green energy stuff. This is the, the Build Green Infrastructure and Jobs Act. Right. This is not the $1.9 trillion COVID stimulus. This is more trillions. This is trillions on top of the other trillions. Well, where's the money coming from? My arms are up in the air because I don't know. That's well, probably why I went to buy, I went to Target the other day. Okay. And I was like, oh, I should probably get some bug spray. It's going to be buggy. Bug, buggy out pretty soon. <laughs> That's a really random thing to buy. Okay, why? Okay, I was just walking by. I saw it. I'm like, I should grab some of that. Uh, it was Marketing 101, the end cap. The end cap. Well, it was kind of buried. It was actually by the, the plates in the kitchen department. I don't know why I was over there, but I saw it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's probably. Maybe they did get me. Maybe I'm. they put like guy stuff in the, yeah. the kitchen area. So you, okay, you anyways, where are we going with bug spray? What should a single can of bug spray cost? I don't know. Like six but inches. How is by, this related to this? It was seven dollars and fifty cents. Okay, is that expensive? I've never looked at the price of bug spray in my life. Everything is expensive. You're I've never bought bug spray in my life. Living where you live, you've, you I've, live in a I swamp. I just realized I have never bought bug spray in my I'm life. I'm just saying, 
a lot of products are more expensive right now. Just start paying attention and looking at what you're buying. Okay. Even like beef jerky is really expensive. You're getting less in a bag of chips than you were before, and it's more expensive. Candy bars are smaller. Are you saying like in the last year? In the last, yeah, and in the last probably three years, probably. Okay. Everything is inflation. They, they, there's no inflation. There is. There absolutely is. Have you noticed gas prices going up? No. They were at all-time lows. I gas prices are going up. I don't pay attention to that either. You know, well, start paying attention to what you're spending your money on, for goodness sake. That's Just no look, fun. open up that your eyes. That is no fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there, it offers a maximum of the, the JOBS Act, offers a minimum of one minimum. Sorry, we're just only going to give a minimum here. We're going to spend a minimum of $150 billion over 10 years for electric vehicle infrastructure and to replace the and electrify the nation's public bus fleet, which is going to be just great. I mean, it's, it's okay, just such here's a the pro Okay, I'm not even going to get into the politics or even whether EV is good or not. My question is, what do we do with all the old buses? Who knows? Build new it's ones. It's just a waste. Build new ones. It's fine. As you said, the most environmentally friendly car is? The one that's already there. Because you don't have to ship it from anywhere. You don't have to manufacture anything. You don't exactly. have to build the plastics. You don't have to do any of that. They don't care. They don't care. They just want to do it. They just want to do it. It's just, Why do they hey, want to do it? Because they think they're doing the right thing. It's not, they're not evil people. Right. Okay. They think they're doing the right thing. And it's very easy to do it because guess what? They're grabbing your checkbook and writing the checks for it. It yeah. doesn't, they don't have to. I need to figure out how to create a tax shelter, Chris. Uh, I can think of a few different ways to do that. Um, there's this place called Bring a Trailer. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's laundering. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Porsche put the smackdown. I don't want to talk about this. There's more to talk about that, but I, I don't want to. I just, oh, yeah. What? Uh, no, this is, this is interesting. So a few weeks ago, we noticed the recently released Singer ACS has basically disappeared. Jake, Jake I forgot this in this previous paragraph. As expected, based on Biden's campaign promises, uh -huh. the green energy bill reserves 40% to serve frontline vulnerable communities. Okay. So we're going to make the frontline vulnerable communities extra eco-friendly. Okay. What is that going to do for these people? Well, it, what it are is, we doing? It for is about the economy. You, you said, oh, it's not about the economy. No, they're saying they're going to allocate 40% to make sure that where the economy needs more help, that's where the funding This help. is, th dude... What? This is a build green infrastructure. Yes. Jobs. But how is the green infrastructure going to help these people? With jobs. That's what they're saying. That's what why jobs? they're reserving it. What jobs do you think this... Good jobs, Chris. Good, good jobs. jobs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Anyway. So, we remember talking about the Singer ACS. Now, I had a, a very, very observant podcast listener sent me a message like three weeks ago when this happened when this happened saying, yes. so saying basically guess what it's been scrubbed from you social media see the singer acs does not exist on social media it's not on their website it is gone right because we were talking is, about it and went back and forth and you're like this is the dumbest thing ever and i was like yeah, someone it's fine. showed up with a big hammer at they the front did, door of singers indeed business. and that was Porsche AG. A new report has discovered that Porsche wasn't pleased with Singer using the large Porsche lettering on the car. Porsche stated that it's, quote, glad to have a growing community of enthusiasts. However, the company noted that it has a responsibility to its customers to guarantee its products are clearly and easily identified. And I don't Chris. think it's even the stickers. It's the fact that the rocker panels is embossed. Right. It's embossed with Porsche. And it's right. the script that... I'm just happy having... 
It doesn't just say Porsche. It's it's the no. I know that, but I'm just happy now that I can identify that that is actually not a Porsche. And the ones like the car I own is a Porsche. I was really confused there, so I'm glad Porsche did this. You're being sarcastic. Yes, but here's intellectual property is a real thing. I know it. Just do this, and we should. It's such a dumb mistake for a singer. Yeah. Why would you take their actual logo and emboss it on your car? They've done that in every single. No, they don't say on singer. On the deck lid, it says Porsche, and underneath the Porsche script, it says uh, reimagined by but singer. But is it the Porsche logo? It's the original, like, car script. So here's my point. I have a point to get to. Okay. I, I Now I'm starting to realize what the answer to my own question is. But regardless, we shouldn't be surprised, as you said, because we've heard accounts of many folks being issued, like, cease and desist letters from Porsche. I know Porsche. artists who have been, like, exactly. if they're trying to sell I, I can just think of two like off the top of my head. You can't even make a t-shirt that says no, Porsche on it. They they're seem to have you. a team of lawyers that just, like, scours the internet for any unauthorized Porsche content. So according to this report, it's unclear if the design disputes basically, like you said, the Porsche molded side sills or the lettering on the back, the graphics, or all of it. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Porsche will contest the prior commissions, as I said, because they have basically the badging on the rear deck lid that's original to the old cars that says Porsche on it. So here's my question, though. How is the ACS car different than something that, like, any hot rod builder does modifying an existing car? Because this is not a new car that they're selling, is it? This was a one-off commission. This would be like me taking any old car, like my C10, to some hot rod shop and then developing it into something better. And it'll still say Chevrolet on the side. Right. How is that any different? They're not trying to pretend to be a Porsche. I think the fact that it probably has a little bit to do with how effective singer marketing is. Right. I mean, it's... Which, they are why are like they upset about that? Machine. How much free marketing is that for Porsche? it's just they're that's germ- what i don't get i bet kippenberger would have a great answer to that question you're probably it, right it is just i don't understand though it's, it's this is it's no different like i said than taking an old chevy to some hot rod shop you either protect your intellectual property or you don't so i any think that's probably their- porsche now is what, what where do you no, draw the line because what like what you're saying my car i'm saying if you had paid to have your car modified like made into a hot rod, like our local flat six guy. I think right? that's how di- is that different than sing? I think that's different because you're you're like a sole proprietor doing this rather than a giant company churning out products. But the ACS probably, was a single commission. They made two of them for a single guy. Well, the marketing was pretty thick. I think that's probably what right, it is. Which the marketing was the marketing and, and filming and stuff was so good that people could mistake it for being a Porsche. I think you is really the think that is. I don't know. I can't think of anything else other yeah. than the fact that they're ruthless. They are ruthless. They are ruthless. They catch you there. Imagine getting a letter from Porsche AG, like legal. Yeah. No, no thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, you're coming <laughs> again. What do you, what, what do you want? I'll I'm just anything. curious, though, because, okay, are they going to go back then and all the other singer models still say Porsche on it because it's the original script? Where, where's the line? I don't know. But there's no screaming allowed. Well, in California. You're not allowed to scream. That's my favorite You're thing. You're not allowed to yell and you can't <laughs> laugh. California's reopening guidelines call for business businesses to limit activities that can spread the virus, such as singing and shouting. Shout, the, make it loud <laughs> and shout, the, make the, it. the California Attraction and Parks Association, CAPA, uh-huh. sounds like a, a mob, a trade group yeah, which... Yeah, the CAPA. CAPA, CAPO. A trade group oh, which represents just, theme it sounds parks. like a fraternity. Uh, Kappa Kappa. A capo is, I think, the captain of an Italian mob. The capo. 
Okay. Well, this is um, Kappa. The Kappa is backing a plan that would tamp down on the effects that shouting and yelling on amusement rides such as roller coasters could have in spreading the virus. So nothing fun. Face covering uses and or modifications to, to seat loading patterns will be required on amusement park rides to mitigate the effects of shouting. No fun allowed, Chris. So you're just like on these roller coasters, like hands to yourself, wearing a like wearing a mask. Just uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he was having fun. Yeah, Check like, him out. They, they, the camera that they're using to yeah. take your picture, oh, so yeah. much fun you're having. Yeah. Will now issue fines at the end of the ride. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so car makers are running out of gimmicks, yeah, aren't they? So, Chris, this General Motors... so stupid. Yeah, well, so I, believe stupid. me, I have other stupid ones. So, General Motors has just filed patents for the in-car foot massager. <laughs> All, right. All right. The patent, which was published in February this year, goes as far as to explain the virtues of in-car massage. <laughs> I quote, my car already has in-car massage. Quote, vehicle seats, which include massage systems, are available in many configurations. The health benefits of receiving a massage are well known and include relaxation, stress relief, improved circulation, lower blood pressure, alleviation of headaches or migraines, anxiety relief, natural pain relief, along with many other benefits too numerous to list here. Please see your doctor if you have any of the following side effects. The <laughs> in-floor foot massager infiltra- or in, in, infiltrates, inflates pneumatic elements. It that certainly infl- infiltrates the driving experience, that's for sure. Well, it's not for the driver. It's just all the passengers. Basically, oh, so the driver doesn't get any massage. It's well, all no, the your feet are on the pedals, hopefully. <laughs> well... So basically, it's these little like pneumatic bubbles under the floor that just go. This is so stupid. It's going to be very stupid. The pneumatic elements are laid out in rows that sit where your feet rest in the car's passenger You know what this seat. is going to do? All this is going to do is encourage people to take their shoes off in the car. And it's going to stink. It's a huge pet peeve of mine. Really? You're in the car and you take oh, your I, shoes I off. I did that. Ooh. I did that when we were on the road trip. Yeah, I'm you did. 100% sure. I don't like it. Keep yeah. your shoes on. This is, of course, just the latest in a long line of ridiculous vehicle gimmicks. Some of the most notable include talking cars of the 80s, Chris. Please fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> thank you. It says thank you? Yeah, after you do it. <laughs> A door is a jar. <laughs> Shut the door. Thank you. <laughs> Hold on, there's more. What if your lights are on? Don't forget your keys. <laughs> your headlights are on. Thank you. Oh my god, Thank that's you. amazing. It's amazing. You know what it sounds like? What is what movie does this sound like this voice? Well, any 1980s sci-fi? Because <laughs> that's exactly what this was. Drying mode on. <laughs> Check drying. <laughs> Your jacket is now dry. <laughs> it's got to be. You know what this is? What? That's the robot that did the voice in the car. Yeah. It's his, like little nephew or something. Oh, yeah, like that. for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's from Back to the Future 2. Your jacket is now dry. That car you heard, by the way, was the 1987 Chrysler New Yorker. And I remember one of my friends in high school had that car. 
and it was like just so ridiculous. You'd open the door. Door is ajar. And the thank you is the best part. It's, so, it's polite, so polite. So polite. <laughs> the next feature that's sure to bring back nightmares was the automatic shoulder seat belt, Chris. I hate these. You ever get caught in one like where it's like pushing <laughs> on your neck? No. So the feature actually had a negative effect on safety, says Dan Bador, Nissan's director of communications. Quote, people who normally use their safety belts had to have a redundant, expensive, and awkward system. And some people don't bother to fasten the manual lap belt because they were given a false sense of security. They so thought, do you just like well, end up in the footwell then? Like when you hit something, you yeah, just, you basically just, like just slinky down. And you, you die, probably. Uh, the surge of these Rube Goldberg seatbelt machines came during the 1990s when auto manufacturers were required to give all their cars either automatic seatbelts or driver's side airbags. The cheaper solution, obviously, was the automatic seatbelt. However, in 1995, airbags became mandatory regardless, and the silly robotic seatbelt... No, then seat you didn't belt, have to wear a seatbelt anymore. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> that, I still remember some of my dad's friends saying that. Like, oh, no. Because he was trying to... I remember this vividly. He was trying to make a good impression with me being in the car. I was younger. Hey, where's your seatbelt, man? And he goes... I need one. I got an airbag. Yeah, not good. Exactly. So anyways, the automatic seatbelts disappeared overnight in 1995. This last failed innovation is one you may not actually know about, Chris. It wasn't that long ago that luxury manufacturers experimented with automated scent dispensers. <laughs> the idea was to take the air fresheners basically to its logical extreme and install pumps that dispensed pleasing aromas inside your car. Could you car. choose different smells? I think there were a couple. Mercedes-Benz I hear that Infinity. the Hyundai's come with a Febreze smell. They no. do now! <laughs> well, that's a totally different issue. No, I remember Mercedes when they came out with this, and apparently Infinity jumped on board as well and developed built-in scent dispensers. And while this seemed like an interesting idea, at the very least, it was short-lived. Many people, it turns out, were either allergic to the scent or simply found it way overpowering. I, I don't like smells generally. Right. Yeah, and what if your car just kept spritzing you? No, Have you ever been in the I, bathroom where it has the automated spritzers, you know? No. Really? No. Go to a fleet farm. What? You've never been to any bathroom, public bathroom. It has an automatic spritzer? Yeah, it was like, it's a thing up in the corner. Go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Yeah, it's never done that while I've been in there. Oh, yeah, it freaks you out. Yeah, you probably- Can you imagine being in your car? You probably trigger it quite often. Oh, I'm sure I do. <laughs> Says the man that's been in the bathroom twice <laughs> in the last half hour. All right. The, the army. magic behind the scenes here, folks. <laughs> the Army has invented X-ray vision. I read about this. The U.S. Army's new goggles can help soldiers see right through the walls of combat vehicles, which means infantry troops will have unparalleled situational awareness. Yes, I'm sure that's what they'll be used for. As an enlisted man, you used to have to pay $10 to have this kind of fun. Because these goggles uh, access feeds from the omnidirectional cameras mounted on the... Oh, this is not x-ray vision. It's not actually x-ray vision. This is stupid. This is what's you on every really car. You really thought there was going to be some sort of x-ray vision. The title of the article says, uh, The Army's new goggles let soldiers see right through walls. Right. That's actually... Because there's the cameras on the other side of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. I got yeah, you. I know. Yeah, All it was right. a total clickbait article, right. 100%. Well, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review, please. We would really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> we'll see On you guys note, next take week. Take care.
Ba 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 